0: Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bitcoin Don't come and see. Holding on is what do. These three guys they have the news. It's Bitcoin podcast, baby. Welcome to the Bitcoin podcast. Bitcoin podcast. Welcome to the Bitcoin podcast. Bitcoin podcast.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 246 of the Bitcoin podcast, and I am your first host, Marcello.
3: And I'm host number two, D.
2: Corey's uh, he's globetrotting again.
3: Yeah. Yep.
2: Is it business or pleasure? Is he on a pilgrimage? Is he hiking through the through He's he?
3: 100% pleasure, man. He's in carnival.
2: Oh, he's he's in South America.
3: Yeah, he's in Brazil. He's in carnival. Nice. That's how it goes down in Brazil.
2: Yeah. Well, hope he has fun.
3: Yeah, he's having a good time. He deserves a vacation from his other vacations. So, no kidding. He deserves a
1: good
3: time. <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, something that was alarming to me. Um, it came up in the Slack, and that is you did not like the Spider-Man movie.
2: No, I didn't like that movie.
3: The cartoony one.
2: Yeah, the animation was good. It was just another origin story, and I don't like origin stories. We've seen them before.
3: Yeah, but the kids haven't. That's what they're for. They're for the kids.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. Unpopular opinion. Uh, Speaking of unpopular opinions, you and Jack have been going at it. And then you kind of came around a little bit because you feel like...
3: Jack Dorsey?
2: Yeah, he kinda of, he finally came around using his pull a little bit to actually push adoption a couple inches forward.
3: Oh yeah, it's crazy how easy it is when you know, <laughs> you're just the CEO sitting on a mountain of engineers and you're like, Hey guys, why don't you go ahead and put some buttons on my damn website, please, so people yeah. can use this cryptocurrency stuff that I talk about all the time. Is like, tipping
2: though really as innovative as you think it's gonna be?
3: No, it, it's, if it were that innovative, I think it would have, well, okay, maybe it's a little bit ahead of its time. I think if it were that innovative, it would have taken on, but it would have taken off. But I think there's some sort of like, I'd love to see research into it. There's some mysterious cap or, or, um, something that goes into motivation to tipping someone on the internet. Cause I don't think people are jumping out of their seat to toss people internet money. I think it's cool amongst us nerds. But whenever I talk to people I'm like, imagine if on Facebook if someone dropped a fire meme and you said, "I want to give you 50 cents for your memeing ability." They say like, "Why would I? Why would I?" Do that? <laughs> I don't understand well, why I'd want to give someone 50 cents for a meme. And it's like, "Yeah, but that's cuz you don't
2: get it, man." And they are like, "No, let me, I get let me, it. Let me
1: go
3: ahead. Let me
2: throw a stat at you. Uh so, Apple Pay, how long has Apple Pay been out? Maybe um, five years?
3: Five years or so. Five years or so. Somewhere
2: like four or five And they years. say only one out of every eight iPhone users actually use it. Is that is that good or bad?
3: Uh, I think that's not what they were going for.
2: Um, I mean, oh, you don't I, think they wanted, like, every, every they wanted power user to every, use it?
3: Every Apple user to be using Apple yeah. Pay. But it also sucks because Apple Pay dropped right after um, Fabgate.
2: So. I, mean, <laughs> you know, I remember the did. exact day <laughs> that was.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. But, I mean, if people can't keep your nudie pictures safe, then how are they going to keep your finances safe? I think that's kind of a natural inclination what caused people to. It was like bad timing. I was like, oh, wait, you lost J-Law's nudes, and you want me to put my banking information in this thing? Oh, okay. So, ooh, we just got pinged from everyone's uh, favorite security pro, Ray Redacted, that only 12% have ever used it. So, I mean, I use it, (laughs) but like, once in a blue moon, usually when I'm traveling, it's a little bit easier
2: to use when you're traveling, but... Yeah, right, we're gonna open up the line. So if you're uh, if you're muted or not muted, feel free to join in.
3: Yeah. So the first thing we were talking about, if you can go ahead and hop off a of mute for anyone in the call, is we were talking about um the this tipping me app that's kind of exploded because Jack Dorsey tweeted like, hey, you can tip using the Lightning Network on Twitter now using this Chrome extension or this application, and it's cool, but it feels like deja vu. It feels like in crypto, sometimes it feels like groundhog years instead of groundhog days. Like, we've been here before. We had we had tipping bots. There's still tipping bots on Reddit for Bitcoin Cash and, and other cryptos. Um, there was... What was that? What was that big one? It was, like, really, really big. Tip, tip uh... uh Bit Tip, I think it was called. I'm not sure. But, I mean, it opens up this huge... Um, like um world of possibilities where people are sending these microtransactions back and forth and there's new uh you know economic possibilities as well like you can this just shows that microtransactions are possible on the internet and there's all kinds of things that you can do now you can charge per pages of an article or you can charge for and it's all beautiful but like why do we keep using rehashed
4: ideas so I got an answer for you there, uh, D, but I'm going to I'm gonna start off by telling you guys a crazy history story. I love it. Way, way, way back in the day <clears throat> when Palm Pilots uh, still had no connectivity. You started to sync them once a day or once a week to your computer to get your contacts and your calendar uh, synced to your Palm Pilot. And later some emails. Some dude invented a program on the Palm Pilot that would let you... Using the infrared sensor on a Palm Pilot, you could go to a restaurant. And if one of your buddies picked up the check, you could beam him four or five dollars. It was designed so that you could pay your pals. Okay. And he put this out in the universe and it wasn't very big, very big success. It just didn't really take off. But somebody figured out that because it was basically using email from bank to bank that they could use it on eBay. And so PayPal became the way that people used eBay. As a matter of fact, they abandoned the Palm Pilot client and realized, holy crap, we can really do well by doing email-based payment for auctions, for Yahoo auctions at the time. Uh, There was a few other eBay competitors before they ended up demolishing them the way that uh, oligopolies or monopolies tend to do. But anyway, my point is, is that PayPal was the original way that you could transmit money electronically, but it required somebody coming up with a use case that would pull usage uh, rather than necessarily the company pushing usage. So all of the things that we think about when we think about things like Venmo or Twitter pay or Facebook pay or Apple pay or all of those types of things, it's always driven by the innovative or the, the absolute must have Use case. You you mentioned that you only use Apple Pay when you're in Europe or in Asia. That's because in the United States, we really don't necessarily uh, have as much of a convenience factor as they do there with regards to just tap to pay, right? The thing about Apple Pay is you just kind of tap it and you just go. But here in the United States, we don't necessarily, it's not that big of a deal as it is, you know, for example, over there when they're bringing you the credit card terminal to your table or whatever else that is. So I think one of the things that Jack probably uh, is somewhat aware of, is that sending micropayments because somebody tells a good joke is probably not going to drive the mass uh, adoption. But maybe it would be getting five-minute head start on tweets from your favorite author or your, your favorite influencer. You know, maybe it would be, uh, oh God, I don't even want to think about this use case, but maybe it would be you know, payment based voting for a certain type of a, you know, vote for which, which hat is more popular or whatever that is. Uh, Those use cases typically or sometimes come from the users themselves. Well, if he, if, if he was going to use
2: crypto to motivate users of Twitter to unlock perks, wouldn't that kind of drive them to create like a Twitter token?
4: Well, sure. I mean, that's always the question: is Is does it make more sense to roll oh, it, uh, roll it yourself, or to uh, to buy it pre rolled? As a matter of fact, I think there was a discussion on the Slack <laughs> this morning
3: oh,
4: about this morning there was a discussion on the Slack about um, you know I, IBM is this b- multi billion dollar behemoth, right? And and they really, really, really lead the world when it comes to artificial intelligence because of their open, semi open platform, Watson. But they chose to partner with Stellar, which is the XLM, Mm -hmm. right? When the people in North Carolina, there's probably 700 people that could probably come up with a better cryptocurrency or crypto asset uh, than Stellar, right? But IBM chose to partner with them. And there must be a reason for that, for them not to roll their own. I haven't actually heard what that reason is. I only saw that there was a fight about it going on in the Slack.
3: Hmm. I mean, I guess you're right. Like Tipping does feel kind of cool. And it's really cool when you tip someone who's never received a tip before, because then you could see them going through the learning process. Like, oh, this is a wallet. Oh, what's this about? What what's this cash out button mean? What means when I ca- what does it mean when I cash out? Like, you could see them going through the process. It's a really good draw for unwrapping. I just don't like you said. Maybe there's some use cases that the users have to come up with other than like sending someone a little bit of crypto. With a taco emoji is, I mean, it's only so cool. It's, you know what I mean? I don't know. Just the two ideas that you came up with, the top of your head, Ray, seemed a lot cooler than, um, you know, let me send you a virtual beer. It's like, no, send me a real beer. Like, I don't want a virtual beer.
2: And then I'm seeing, like, there's other apps that are supposed to be pushing crypto's narrative, like uh, Robin Hood and like the square cash or cash app or whatever, but really like you, can, you can't you can truly invest in crypto. Like you can't swap between cryptocurrencies. You can only exchange it for like a dollar amount. And a lot of people are being outspoken that they're just using crypto as a gimmick, as an entry point for people to sign up for that. But it's not truly embracing the spirit of crypto or you can't really um, be a true investor in crypto. It's just, you know, just a bullet point and a list of features. Maybe,
3: maybe our expectations are too high, Cello. We've been in this so long we just want filet mignon only. That's it. That's that's all I want. That's no we don't want your New York strip. We don't want your center cut sorloin or whatever. Whoa. hey guys, what's
5: up? Hey man. Daniel.
3: Are you on a submarine?
5: No, no, man. I'm just in the back again. It's, it's it might yeah, be it was a little a fan. To, to uh, to tune, yeah. oh, Oh, I was going to say, with uh, what you're what, what, what you talking about, it may, it may be kind of related, but I, I started using the Brave browser, and uh, it doesn't seem like they have the the part where you can actually earn the bot, bot tokens yet. So it's kind of like I've been able to get it through just like, you know, signing up for different things that give you an incentive. Hey, sign up, we'll give you bot tokens, whatever, Coinbase, different things. But it's like, I don't just want to give them away to anyone like you you were saying like you, uh you were saying that uh was Jack Dorsey Twitter's not he knows that people aren't like trying to like use it to like tip all these little tweets. And so I, I guess the question is is it going to be adopted in that sense? Because I don't personally if I'm if I'm browsing, I'm not like trying, hey let's let's tip this guy, let's tip that guy. Not to mention there's so many different uh avenues for people to do that with like Twitch with YouTube you know are people just out there spinning their, their tokens without a way for them to earn it like there's got to be kind of like this you know two way thing going on here and, and yeah. right now there isn't really a lot of that
3: yeah I see what you're saying is like you can't there's not a lot of earning going on so you're going to be very cognizant not cognizant but apprehensive to to tip somebody a virtual beer because you don't know if you'll ever see that virtual beer again is that what you mean?
5: Yeah, it's one thing uh, okay. for sure.
3: I mean, I I don't know. I've seen the tipping thing come and go several times now. It's kind of cute. Now that Jack Dorsey's involved, it's even cuter. Um, but it always only gets cute. I don't know.
4: Well, D, I will tell you that I, I have another data point, and that is in the in the XRP community, they've only had a tip bot for around about a year. On Twitter, a guy by the name of White Sea Wind is an enthusiast. He doesn't work for Ripple or any of the, those companies. He, he actually coded and wrote up the XRP tip bot last December, and they've already had 135,000 tips set on that, which is like over 10,000 a month um, from a ton of users. And I think one of the biggest reasons is because it's free and it's instant which is kind of like the big two things that everybody always talks about when they talk about um, uh, about that asset. And, but it, again, I mean, it, it, it isn't going away. And by any sort of stretch of the imagination, right? I, I apologize, it's 190,000 XRP have been sent uh, across 133,000 tips, which is just crazy to me. And if you look at the user stats, it's like, wow, there's a lot of people that are using this every day for, for, for weird reasons. Yeah. You
2: said 190,000 ripple over 133,000 transactions? Correct. So it, it's small amounts, they're probably just testing it.
4: Well, the, he only allows up to five because, uh, up to five per time. So, and you'll see things like contests and subscription models. I mean, people come up with all kinds of really creative ways to, uh, to, to use COIL and to use ILP, but uh, he doesn't allow big, huge transfers because he didn't wanna run afoul of um, any KYC or money laundering or any of that kind of stuff, kind of requirements. I'm sure Tiffany probably has sent out, you know, a few hundred, a few hundred thousand or something. <laughs> Have you ever tipped anybody, Ray? Oh, tons of times. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so first of all, I, I worked a lot, a long time in the food services, restaurant and bar industry. So I think it's a, I think every single American should spend a few years in that industry. And then you'll learn the appreciation of gratuities for those industries, but yeah, so that, that the, the tip bots to me are particularly cool. Um, I, I even liked the Reddit ones before uh, the XRP ones, but the XRP tip bot is like really, really fast. And now that I say that, I'm sure you guys are going to start getting some XRP tips, which means you will now have an XRP wallet. So I might have snuck that, uh, that crypto asset into your portfolios.
3: Yay. You. <laughs> we love XRP. Dream, um, do you, have you ever tipped anybody? In cash, yes. <laughs> Digital cash. Uh,
0: does Venmo count?
3: Um, we're going to have to get you out of this call. Short
0: answer, Short answer is no.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think to your point, Ray, it does excellent things for galvanizing a community, but it seems like it's very hard for it to get outside of that community. Like once that community has a tip bot, they are enraged with joy like joyous like yes we can tip each what did you say oh that's so cool good morning I love it here's some virtual french toasts. but then if it it never comes outside of that community I think
2: well remember we called that restaurant and then we were like hey do you guys take crypto and they're like what and you're like it's money I'm like oh well we take money and we're like okay so you take crypto and they're like I don't know what you're talking about
3: (laughs) that was a fun conversation
2: yeah so we're still kind of at that level
3: We should get back to that. We can make phone calls with this. Call burger. (laughs) Call the same Burger King. It's the same employee. Like we still don't take Bitcoin. Just leave us alone, please. Um. So I guess that's it for that talk. point. We can wind that down. I mean,
2: I just don't want to live in a future where like Ray says, like, oh, if you use Twitter Coin, you get Ashton Kutcher's tweets 30 minutes earlier than everybody else. Like if they start doing that. I'm not going to be a big fan.
4: I think yeah, but Marcelo, be- that, let me tell you the other side of that though. I mean, you, that's monetization, right? That's pure yeah, monetization. That's and, and everybody on the internet always uh, starts out saying, "Well, it's going to ruin the experience, etc." But like, if this podcast, like, while we were actually broadcasting, it was like racking up little, you know, little XRP's based on if the joke was funny or not. I'm sure you wouldn't refuse it. I would not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: feel free to tip us every time we make you laugh. This show, um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess we can move on. We we had some other things that that kind of. So IBM, we were just talking about IBM, and they made the news today. They made. I think it's funny um, how you know crypto Twitter slash crypto in general. Just like we get so just warm bellied about things people say and do about crypto, but the IBM blockchain, um, uh, I guess their lead of their blockchain development department, I guess he said that Bitcoin will be a million dollars. It's going to definitely in the year at Oh, we're doing price talk. Cello. You're going to love this. I could see you smiling already. So he said at the end of the year, we're going to be at a higher price than we are right now, which is the vaguest thing ever. And then he also said that Bitcoin is going to go to a million dollars. The first person I want to ask is Cello. Do you think that's possible?
2: Uh, so I worked at IBM uh, two you years did? ago. When oh, okay.
3: That's right. You did yeah,
2: work at IBM. Yeah, I was at IBM around the time where blockchain was just a buzzword and nobody knew what they were talking about. And it's been two years and they probably don't know any more than they did back then. So it's just a... <laughs> you
3: can't make that assumption. That's such an outlandish assumption. People learn. People grow.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just I think like r- people who really know about blockchain, they're probably not in t- a position of a Fortune 50 company as a lead or a head of the technology. I just I just don't see that being a real role yet. I don't know. Um, his name is Jesse Lund, and I just think it's a headline
5: hmm.
2: at this point. It's ambitious, but I just think it's a headline.
3: But what it's, do it's... you think? Do you think Bitcoin's possible? One million dollars. No. No,
2: no, no. I, I'm I'm more in the line of uh of uh Tim Draper. I'm I'm in the twenty twenty two and beyond speculation. I don't think anything is gonna happen this year.
4: Was the John McAfee bet a million also for twenty twenty?
2: Okay. Yeah. Or he's gonna do some genital eating.
3: Yeah. I don't think that's ever gonna happen, but that's weird. But
2: Well, he was very wrong uh, at his end of the year predictions last year, and he just brushed it off as, like, I'm not an oracle. Like, you can't put that on my shoulders. Thing.
4: Oh, no, he reaffirmed it. He reaffirmed it on Twitter to me, like even maybe a month ago. He said, I, I still got 15 months to go or something. I'll have to dig up that tweet. <laughs> yeah.
1: I do think it's
3: possible. I don't think it's possible during anyone's lifetime, probably in this call, or maybe our kids lifetime, but I think things will have changed so drastically when it does happen that a million dollars isn't going to necessarily be a million dollars anymore.
4: $1,000,000. Yeah. But do you never thought that, that we would have a terabyte of memory on a, on a, a postage stamp size, you know, memory card either. Right. I mean, when we were younger, scary. didn't we used to, weren't we completely blown away by, you know, even having four megs of Ram on a video card or something like that. And now, now we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about 1000 times that or 2000 times that, uh, I- yeah, but that's that's memory though. That's like
3: that's like storage for, uh, you know, data storage. I'm talking financially. A million dollar Bitcoin doesn't really make logical sense to people. No one would be able to make sense of that.
2: Yeah, in, in the same breath, he says that he helps central banks issue cryptocurrency. No, they don't. No, that's that
3: what guy. The guy says. Yeah. Oh damn. We gotta discredit him already. Sorry, Jesse
4: Lund. See, I actually think a million-dollar Bitcoin is inevitable. I mean, I actually think it will happen. It may not happen in our lifetime, but just like a rookie baseball card for Hank Aaron will eventually be a million-dollar asset to have, I think uh, Bitcoin, because it was the original, it was the OG, so to speak, it will have a very large uh, sentimental and collectible value for prestige when you know crypto assets and, and and all of these concepts are so common on our flying cars which are you know self-driven
2: I, got, I, I gotta wait until we we can't mine them anymore when that date happens that's when things will get interesting
4: yeah but, but we're it, dead it, dude, that's we're a long dead. long long time from now <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could, i mean that last one takes a lo- that, that long one that last one takes like 100 years right because it's asymptotic to an almost yeah. to infinity right yeah so
3: isn't the year twenty one forty? That's the year,
4: and the, and that's the year that the archaeological efforts, the digital archaeological efforts, will really get crazy as people go hunting for their great grandparents' hard drives and 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 things like that for you know all those quote unquote lost. How amazing with Bitcoin. Bitcoin? Yeah, you
2: that's find like cool. a ledger in your in your grandpa's attic, and you're like, what is this? And there's like. 5 bitcoin on there.
3: And you see and a then... wallet.dat file on there and you just start to get real happy.
4: Well, just FYI, if you find some hard drives in your grandpa's attic, you might want to read you might want to be very careful about searching those files by yourself with a uh, without a whole bunch of people around you watching cuz God only knows what he has on that hard drive.
3: Yeah, nobody just keeps hard drives. Usually they <laughs> usually they like format them or or move the data and and throw the hard drive away. They don't just if you find a hard drive and it's got stuff on it, it's just well, Ray's saying you don't want to implicate yourself. There could be some.
2: Well, some the thing is, is like if I die, um, at, at this time of recording, I'm not set up to where my wife would be able to unlock my ledger.
4: <laughs> you're kidding me!
2: No, well, no! she might be able to figure out. You're breaking oh all
4: the rules right my now. God, no,
2: unless <laughs> someone kicked down my door and knew what it what it was, it's it's safe. It's safe. Do me a favor. But my, my point is, is I'm not set up in a point, And I, I don't think a lot of people are to where like their aunts or their sisters, if you died, they would know what to do with your hardware wallet. So I, I would think if, if I died and your significant other comes across it, it might be put in a box with uh, things that they can remember you by and be put in the addicts. I don't think people would throw away hard drives or thumb drives or uh electronic devices that are kind of tied to you so i think we might see that a lot in the future
4: we're going to circle back and make this a topic in a few weeks a few weeks about how to uh how to properly estate plan for your crypto assets oh i mean we should we've
3: we've touched on it but we never have gone into depth with it we've touched on it a few times now throughout the years you know about the possibility but now that it's becoming real crypto is not going anywhere not becoming
2: real. I think that is important. But I, I mean that- the reason why security is such a big, big industry is because people don't really I mean you can scream at them until your face is blue and changing their behaviors is is the hardest part of security.
4: Now we have Reem on, right? We we have Reem is yeah. on the podcast She's still So Reem, do you want to weigh in on the do you want to weigh in on the uh, the aspects of, of, of making sure that your heirs can access your crypto assets when you have uh, parted this earthly plane? Nice way, putting that.
0: I definitely wouldn't share where I hide my seed phrases. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, Yeah. I, I think having a contingency plan is absolutely necessary. I mean, that's kind of what, you know, life insurance, it's kind of a life insurance to a certain extent, if, yeah. unless you have no one to pass over your assets to then that's a whole different topic. Then I would actually maybe pivot it to a nonprofit organization or some other entity that could benefit from my assets.
3: I think the thing is that you worry about with crypto is like, can they even get to them? Will they even take the time to figure it out? And I think that's what, well, that was my point. I think, yeah, I think that's what people in crypto are thinking about. That last mile step is like, okay, here's the directions. Here's what the C phrase even means. Uh, don't put it on a giant magnet like this
2: <laughs> and that's, that's where I lost my wife I was like oh look you know if I die these are seed phrases this is how you hook it up this is what you need and she's like I'm not going to remember this whenever you unless you die tomorrow I'm going to forget all that
4: <laughs> and unfortunately, and unfortunately you have to I think I think we covered this on the podcast with Taylor a few weeks ago. Not only do you have to, to, to teach her that, but you in order for it to work, you actually have to practice it like once a year, right? Yeah. So, because yeah. things sometimes change or or people just forget or whatever. Sure. And most people don't yeah. want to sit down and have a conversation about dying even once, much less once a year.
3: This is the second time we've yeah. done it in like less than six weeks. This, this podcast is Oh, yeah, really because dark. of Canada.
4: Because that, that Canada dude, right? Oh, yeah, this, the, the thing that prompted it was the Quadriga guy who, quote-unquote, allegedly uh, or supposedly died. Uh, in, uh, and now it looks like that may or may not even be the case. Uh,
3: that plot hole is getting deep. Um, but so million-dollar Bitcoin, I think it can happen. But I think by the time it does happen, a million dollars doesn't stretch quite as far as it does to these days. So, um that's just my speculation on it. Oh
4: yeah, that's that's true. If a gallon of gas is a million dollars fiat, then sure Bitcoin could easily be a million. That's <laughs> that's a great point. So, that that's just my take
3: on it. But
2: I do I do want to say someone in the Slack is like, "Hey, you better go put that ledger in a safety deposit box. It is not just sitting on a table. It is in a locked box."
4: It actually hmm. is sitting in Just the it's, like it's, a, it's in a lockbox underneath the rags in the garage behind the box of Playboys that <laughs> labeled 1978.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to my, to my uh, Jurassic Park VHS box where no one will look.
3: Jurassic Park on VHS. Classic. <laughs> yeah. um, so, guys, I mean, I've been saying it for three weeks but I think it's for real, for real. I think the bear market is over. I think, I think it's done. I think we can start to look forward to greener pastures. Um,
2: Why do you say that?
3: Well, the futures market is blowing up. And I think institutional investors have crypto by the short and curlies. And if the futures market's blowing up, and if they have the crypto market by the short and curlies, then I think that the price is, is, is going to go up. It's up 300%. Volume's up 300% on the long side.
4: Demetrick, cool. you are calling the bottom. This is what you're doing. You're you're. I've been you're doing it for bottom. three
3: weeks. I'm I'm trying to hop in. You know, I'm trying to hop into the pool, but I'm a little tentative. I'm I'm dipping my toes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it does seem like there's a lot of upward price momentum.
4: So that means that you're calling the bottom at 31.91, which is the 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 12 month low, right?
3: You know what? I'm diving in. That's it. Okay. Well, we're at four $1. now.
4: We're at four thousand uh, U.S. dollars now. So that thirty-one ninety-one was, I think, about in probably December or January, if I had to guess. It was That's in the last it. few months.
2: That's. I it. always thought a bear market is if you if you're if you haven't exceeded the all-time high, you're still in a bear market. If even if Bitcoin goes to eleven thousand, we're not in a bull run. In my opinion.
3: No, the bear market is like uh, the price is going down. That's what that means
2: that's it. Like yeah. if I bought Bitcoin at fifteen thousand, then I don't yeah, really care about didn't... any bull runs that exceed that.
3: Hopefully you didn't buy all your Bitcoin at fifteen thousand. If you, <laughs> no. somebody somebody who just bought three Bitcoin at three thousand, they just yeah, paid they're a doing lot all right. of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's it's all relative to when you when you bought it. But I think the But long- you can't
2: you can't say that though. If we, if we cover a headline where we think Bitcoin is gonna go to one million dollars and you're buying three Bitcoin at 3000 and selling at $3,800 and you made $2,400. That's small potatoes in the grand scheme of things. I want, I want to focus on the big stuff.
3: All right, then, Captain. Big money, big bucks, no whammies. I I'm Captain I-
2: Hold, man. You know, I've been holding some stuff for multiple years now on the promises of uh, big pig capitalists and investors that we're going to see astronomical prices soon. That's where my head's at. I don't need... $2400.
3: I feel know. like you got a pamphlet in the mail and you just keep pointing like according to this pamphlet <laughs> I'm supposed to be rich off of bitcoin sometime soon. And
2: Yes.
1: That's that's that's.
2: That is the point. What is the point of being an early adopter in this whole thing?
1: Okay. What's
2: the point? All if right. I if I enter in crypto the same time Bank of America does, I'm losing.
3: That's a good point, and you're very right. Uh, you're not losing; you're just not going to gain nearly as much as they do. Yeah, that's that's what it is. So, um, yeah. Sorry, I lost my I tra- my, lost my track.
4: You were calling the bottom at thirty-one ninety-one. You're you're the going on the record. Called,
3: and I'm not. I'm no longer tentatively jumping in. That's me official. Didn't do any. FA or TA on that. I kind of did. I looked at the MACD on the weekly. Um things are looking up.
4: Okay. Okay, so then the, the let's take that out Dimitric because when we were over 10,000 and certainly when we were over 15,000 yes. and a lot of new people were jumping in, the number one thing that you would hear is man, I wish we'd gotten in when it was like under four thousand, right? man, I wish I'd gotten in earlier I, got, I wish I'd gotten in earlier so this if we go by your prediction, this by definition is now earlier, right yeah and so for those of you that have been shook out in the last you know fifteen months or so, this is your time to 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 shake back in hashtag
3: not investment advice
4: Well, but... <laughs> that's true not not investment advice, not security advice and not personal advice
3: yeah. I actually got advised to shy away from doing, like, telling people on Facebook, like, hey, you should buy a Bitcoin. I don't do that anymore. I just give them facts. Yeah, how is
2: that going? What?
4: Because I'm not on Facebook anymore. How's that going? When you oh, do you're
3: do that. missing e- Oh my god!
4: Oh my god, you are you one of the guys that always says uh, I just don't I don't have a television at my house? I don't, I'm not him. on Facebook. Is, is that right? is that the new <laughs> the the humble <laughs> The new humble brag. Oh, I don't know. How is Facebook these days? I've, I, I, I saw one too many brackets. cat
2: photos and baby pictures, and I just I deleted.
4: Lots. Of oh no! Have. I thought you were going to say you left because of privacy concerns because they continue to. Yes. Uh, privacy okay, about. that's a much better yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. No,
2: <laughs> I,
3: I'm addicted
4: to. So how's that going, D? So,
3: um. I get, I mean, you know how Facebook is. It's like socially curating how you need to behave on Facebook. So like I get lots of interactions from saying stuff like, got some ice cream today, tasted really ice creamy. But then when I tell them something about like, oh yeah, like um, JP J. Morgan is, is, is building a stable coin so they could most likely legally purchase Bitcoin and Ether f- for their clients. Nobody cares. It's like a ghost town. They're like, What? Shut shut the fuck up about your crypto stuff. Nobody cares.
2: So um why don't you why don't you a pomp it and be like short short the banks, uh onward and upwards.
3: Oh and yeah, get, should like... I I took a nap today. Bitcoin doesn't take naps. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bitcoin Sure the
3: No, I saw somebody that's not my somebody tweeted that this morning and it made me laugh out loud. That was Whittemore,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like,
3: Bitcoin is able to warm up its hot pockets all the way through on the first try. There's no cold center. Long Bitcoin. Short the bankers. Um, No. I don't know. It's. um. I do know one thing to take it all the way back, Ray. We've bottomed. We're going to the fucking moon now, baby. And I'm not talking about Earth moon. I'm talking about Uranus's
2: moons. Or Saturn's what price moons. Is, what, what price is that?
3: Uh, 50,000.
4: five thousand. We're going to take, the
3: 5, take, take whatever price is in your head and multiply it by fifty thousand. And that's the price. Of, <laughs> that's well, the that's price a million
4: easily. I mean, come on, you yeah. just said a minute ago you weren't expecting million million dollar Bitcoin, so that fifty thousand would only be yeah. would only be twenty times that to a million.
3: <laughs> and this time we're not gonna get Lambos, we're gonna get Lamb boats. That's right, Lamborghini boats. So Lamborghini, we're gonna be contacting you
4: soon. No, I'm kidding out. I got to tell you guys a story. And those of you that aren't on the Slack, there's a, a conspiracy theory of the week kind of chat that goes on. But, (laughs) uh, uh, and it is interesting and it is a critical exercise in critical thinking, but by somebody's recommendation yesterday, I went and watched that Netflix movie about how um root canals were what is destroying Americans health the movie's called the root cause have you guys heard of this yet have you heard of root no, cause but go so on. the basic theory of this movie is that root canals and wisdom teeth removal uh, seals off dead living living tissue that is that is festering and dead in your mouth and that's what causes anxiety and autoimmune disorders and allergies and just a litany of, of, of other types of things. But so I'm watching this movie from the beginning and it's really entertainingly done. A guy's in Australia and he's kind of you know depicting his his journey to health and he's kind of making fun of a lot of of hokey things. But while I'm watching this movie I'm thinking, you know, they kind of lay out the case that that dental hygiene is the underlying fact around all of our health. And they had me they had me until about halfway through when they started describing how you can only measure certain electrical connections from your teeth to your feet if you hook up these probes and i looked at the probes and i realized they looked an awful lot like the scientology uh, audit machines that were there so, so when i hear things when i hear things when i hear people saying things that kind of build a case from point to point to point it, it's always very very interesting to try to Find where you might have a an error in your judgment or your estimations, right there. So, watch well, the movie though.
3: Well, I don't want to watch that movie, man. That <laughs> sounds really trippy. I don't,
4: <laughs> don't want to watch that movie.
3: Um, what you're talking about is that we have some conspiracy uh, aficionados in the Slack, and it does get um, interesting from time to time on a weekly basis.
2: Who just joined?
3: So, somebody joined up just recently. I did. Hey-o. Hey,
0: hey. Oh, just high. I'm
3: How's sometimes
0: it? in the slack, but not that much.
3: How's it going?
0: It's going uh, great. Um, I did not see that uh, documentary because I've already heard that conspiracy, but I'm not oh, surprised wow. that Scientology uh, probes were used in the conspiracy to measure the, the electric key uh, thing.
4: Have a you ever thing. had Have you ever had a root canal Have you Have you ever had your wisdom teeth out or a root canal
0: I've I've had my wisdom teeth pulled out as an adult.
4: And did your dentist like accept uh, Did your dentist accept Bitcoin tips uh, as as payment?
0: No, they <laughs> did not accept Bitcoin tips as payment. But I would have paid in Bitcoin if it meant I would have gotten um, the gap. because they just uh, did the shot, which is extremely painful. Yeah.
3: Ouch! No boy, no.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't do the gas, so I was pretty much feeling it most of the time.
3: So, did you bring a talking point that you wanted to maybe dive into and have...
0: Well, the last time I listened to you guys' podcast, you said we should be listening to maybe uh, listen to what the topic point was, and you're going to put it in the Slack, so maybe I'm an episode behind. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, (laughs) We we definitely put some topics in the Slack. What we've been talking about were... Uh, Of course, tipping is back again. It's going a little viral, like maybe. I don't know if you called
0: it. Is it back? Is it back?
3: That's a great question. That's a great question. It
1: never
0: left. I've been around since 2012, 2013, and they've tried so many different tipping bots, from on Twitter, in Reddit, at the Bitcoin Talk, uh, different apps, different little things. And it goes for a while and then it disappears. Yep. And some of them were good. Like change tip was a good little tipping mechanism change and then it tip. got act- it. Yep. actually got bought up by I think it was Twitter. Or somebody bought them and it hasn't done anything with them at all. They just bought up the technology and shut it down. Mm. And yeah. I see it's very hard to get people to tip that don't actually believe in spending.
3: Yeah, that's what um, another caller was talking about previously. He said, yeah, it's great. I could send somebody a tip, but I don't see that money again. And yeah. I don't want to spend it because somebody made a joke on Twitter.
0: See, so. That's the problem with this space a little bit is if you want to have a new economic system, you have to participate in all different levels to some degree. Yeah. You can't just simply just hoard, buy and hoard, because it's never going to grow. It That'll will be you. just.
3: It's very funny though, is that the thi- the people that get into this space are typically mm-hmm. typically have an affinity for saving and wealth building, mm-hmm. wealth building and things of that nature. So they're it's kind of antithetical to to spending. Like I'm a I'm a a cheap ass according to my family. Mm-hmm. They just call me cheap, and I'm like, well, uh, Great Value Doritos taste the same as Dorito Doritos, and they're like, no, they don't, and I'm like, yes, they do. Yes, they do, damn it. So you're saying so,
4: the, great value, the Great Value knockoff taste. I don't know if you can really call them Great Value Doritos on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> you- oh, shit, yeah,
3: I'll have to beat that out, I guess. Doritos <laughs> is going to come hunt me down. Uh, great Value Walmart. tortilla orangies, or whatever they call them. <laughs> These the are same.
0: called orange triangles.
3: Yeah, they were orange triangles, cheesy triangles, whatever you call them. Like, so we're spending averse. like We don't like to spend. And we're hoarding for a reason because that's what we like to do. And so you get I a think, whole community of that. And go ahead.
0: I think some of that has changed. You she saw that with the ICO market where people thought they were finally going to be investors, right? So yeah. they were willing to part away with their Bitcoin and their ETH to invest. And some people got burned, some people are still holding, Uh, some people made away with a lot of loot. So you saw some of that change, but that was a very small window. It was very brief, just kind of like the whole tipping scene. And you can debate about ICOs, whether they're worth it or not, or shit coins and all that stuff. But fundamentally, people still wanted some value returned. And some people got it, and a lot of people got burned. So a great many people are you know, hesitant to go through that process again. And I think that has turned people off in spending their Bitcoin. But at the same time, and I understand the whole philosophy of saving, it's, it's a very, in my opinion, we're applying too many of the old economic principles to this new system, like inflation, uh, seeking an ETF, uh, all these different economic concepts that just are not applicable to Bitcoin. Why are you thinking about spending something that you're tying its value to the current dollar value and not to the Bitcoin value? Because everyone talks about that pizza that's, what, $10 million now or somewhere around there, maybe eight, because of the, the price fluctuation. Yeah. But that's dollars. And Bitcoin, it might not be that value. It might the value the concept of it of Satoshi might make it very insignificant yeah. because I of what you're exactly. getting.
3: I see exactly what you mean. It's like everybody talks about the value of the pizza in dollars, but nobody talks about the value that someone bought a pizza with Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. And I always talk about that first. I was like, the when it first came out, it was like, wow, I can do something with this Bitcoin. And people missed that. I think they missed a lot of it. I have spent Bitcoin that I still have value for. Like some of the the equipment, electronic equipment I have, I was only able to attain through Bitcoin. And I still have value from that. It had generated greater value for me personally as a hobby in some economic activity. But if you're thinking of every activity you do as a return on investment, I think you're, you're going to paralyze yourself and not take advantage of the the system that we are currently trying to develop.
3: Those are very, those are very solid points. Very solid points.
0: And I realize that has no mathematical or statistical or economic value. It's just a philosophy, and I think that's a little bit missing in this space.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, it's, it's, what's funny is, is, is. Bitcoin didn't click with my brother. I always talk about this example because it's very funny. It didn't click with my brother until I bought something with it. And then he was like, wait, 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 I could buy a pair of J's with this. And I was like, yeah, you can, you can buy some Jordans with this Bitcoin if you want to. He's like, oh, so it is money. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's money. And so, but the, the entire community doesn't spend it. And then, kind of opposite to your point is like how weird does it look you tweeting a bunch of tweets of you going and paying for things like that's kind of it's kind of weird
0: how is it any different than posting pictures on instagram of the new pair of shoes you have or just having a, a holiday picture and you have your new holiday gear on i mean it's just part of the culture and it depends on what type of age you are or how you grew up within the is I guess of the change to the dynamics of how we share things and then that's weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to be 40 pretty soon and I share things, but I also realize there are people my age and younger that, that feel very weird still about sharing everything. And yet I have siblings that are younger than me that are teenagers and they share everything.
1: Everything.
0: And that's a little weird to me, but I understand it because we still have some cultural connections. That's true. So it's not completely foreign to me. And I think really you have to just take a back and just examine the overall cultural digest and realize that how you do things is not how people do things now or will do things again. And you can't just be mad about it. It's kind of like, the, I personally believe, like, and I, I remember to this day, like it was like 1992 or 93. And I remember one of my friend's fathers was just talking crap about rap. It has to do with Tupac. And I just remember like, when I was his age, I don't care what the music is and I don't like mumble rap, but I will not shit on someone else's music just simply because I either don't like it or I don't think it's as good. It's even Even really mumble good. rap? Huh?
2: Even Mumble Rap.
3: I, I think. will take a dump on Mumble I, rap. <laughs> I'm
0: I, I have but I have actually listened to some Mumble Rap and there are some great songs. A lot of them have just these fantastic beats. And they're very much I think like it's the evolution of EMD uh music, the mood music that some facets of E D M got into and they just actually just put lyrics over it. And made it more danceable for You're triggering for cello
2: right now. He's, no, I you, mean, I, am I? No, but, I, I like the attitude. I like the attitude. Yeah. We should all. But do.
0: I will say, but I will say to someone like, like my my brothers, you know, they, that's the music they listen to is Momo rap and uh, some of the backpack rappers. I'm like, okay, it's not for me, and I'll be I'll be a little critical if it's actually purely garbage. But I will take the moment to like look at the lyrics, look at genius, look to see what the kid is. Rapping about, you know, mostly it's just about drugs and girls. And I'll be like, okay, look, you know, it's about the drug lifestyle. You know, that's not really how you should be treating women. Just have that kind of conversation, and they'll be like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna keep saying that about the whole women thing, okay? But it's okay. Garbage. It's not. Yeah, but it's not for me. So and you say I just you take let that it go.
3: Same attitude to crypto, like
0: you know. You have to they're... take the same
3: attitude.
0: Yeah. yeah. Go ahead.
3: So. The moral of that is, is go spend your crypto every once in a while, guys. Like, yeah, if you're thinking in dollars, then that $5 Mickey D's meal you just bought with your Bitcoin using BitPay's debit card or somebody's debit card is going to be worth a lot more than $5 in the future. But if you're thinking in Bitcoin, just think of that it's really awesome that you got to buy some Mickey D's with some Bitcoin.
2: Yeah, I bought a flat screen television from Dell with Bitcoin Back in two thousand fourteen, that TV's worth a lot of money.
3: <laughs> it's, it's worth not... a lot of dollars.
2: It's <laughs> worth a lot of dollars.
3: Let's get it right. Then yeah. you, you bought your wife's uh you bought your engagement ring
2: with Bitcoin. Yeah, I bought my wedding ring with Bitcoin on um where did I buy it? Overstock, I think. Yeah. Because for it's a guy not... you can buy you can buy a twenty dollar wedding man, but your your wife, you gotta you gotta open your wallet. Yeah.
0: But but think about the long term value that. So you 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 gave something to the person that you're gonna spend the rest of your life with. It's something that she's gonna show off or whatever status. But it's also something that you could potentially pass on to onto your kids in some kind of fashion.
4: Yeah, For I sure. don't know about that. We we, we don't want to get into a conversation about diamonds and de beers and all that other kind of stuff. But
3: we got more but, conspiracies, baby. That's
4: <laughs>
2: I love giving my wife well, blood diamonds, Ray. I love it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I think we
0: just have a lot of people, I think. And and uh, diamond rings, I've seen people do this where they've taken their parents' wedding bands and stuff like that, they get it melted it changed it. For sure. Uh, took the diamonds and made it into an earring or a necklace or something of significant value to them. Absolutely. Because that's... the 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 concept of the culture has changed when it comes towards wedding bands a little bit, but that's still something you can pass on to somebody in some type of fashion. It, it is a lot of it. That has nothing to do with the economic value. It has to do with the fact this was my grandmother's ring.
4: No, I think you the know, diamonds actually is. I, I think diamonds is very relevant to the discussion because it actually does have a couple components that are relevant to, to Bitcoin. It has artificial, not arbitrary, but artificial scarcity, right? Because there's one centralized authority that is a, humongously vested in making sure that there's not too much supply, right? There's one thing. Uh, another mm-hmm. one is it because you know, traditionally when you think about mining gold, you know, there there's it your the cost of doing it uh, approaches infinity to find that, you know, the next one and the next one and the next one. But gold profitable. has the
0: same of, the gold is right, gold has the same issue with the artificial scarcity.
4: Yeah, but I think I think it really diamonds is, it is much more so because it really truly yes, is kind of one. But entity. young kids
0: know that. Everybody yeah. knows that and they don't give a shit about diamonds. I mean, yeah. they just want it to be a real diamond and not a Satoria or like a piece of punk of plastic. So, so it could be small, it could be big, but they, most kids don't. That's why we're not buying diamonds.
4: Sure. Well, we the, other, th- we
0: yeah.
4: the other thing that's fascinating about diamonds compared to bitcoins is is mm-hmm. the reason that diamonds have been so incredibly successful and popular and De Beers has made so much money really has to do with marketing. They they were able to yeah. brilliantly market it in a way that you felt guilty if you didn't spend Three months' salary <laughs> on something, which was, you know, incredibly high amount of money, even even back then when they first launched that campaign. And they've been very, very good at it. So hopefully, we're not going to find out our crypto asset—the mm. one that wins—is the one that's marketed the most brilliantly. Ooh, what you know, you see that,
0: people? you see that with e- e- Ethereum. Ethereum had a great marketing. I remember that paper when it came out and the initial frontier and the excitement people had. They had a very good buzz to them and that's why a lot of people jumped onto it because they said well this could be like bitcoin but we're not going to do the whole money and hoarding and saving thing because we're making you know skynet the world computer thing and people bought into that i was excited about that sure i sure did i sure do totally i'm
3: excited about it i mean that's what you're, what you're speaking to is like, you know, there's more to this than just money. And I think if there's any community that understands that, mm-hmm. it's definitely the ether camp. They're doing all kinds of cool shit over there that a lot of it you're just like, yeah, but why? That's that's what,
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's but no. why? But it, it's, <laughs> a lot of it is things that people speak about that have been sitting on like papers, academic paper shelves and been debated for years and now are being tested. Like the whole concept of you have to have inflation to encourage spending. Well, there are several cryptocurrencies out there that have built-in inflation, and are they being utilized? The only one I know is Dogecoin, but it's not really being utilized for completely for spending, and it does have a tipping community. It's just kind of there.
4: Could could you say that again? The only one you know that does that was which one?
0: Dogecoin. Dogecoin oh, already Do- has a built-in inflation. And there's a few others that weren't well designed, but they have inflation in them. And it's all about the whole concept of like one percent, two percent, or three percent inflation. Where Bitcoin is like we really don't have inflation. And if you think about it, that's true. If you don't take the concept of Bitcoin to the value of a dollar, it doesn't have inflation.
4: Well, no, it's yeah. deflation. It's deflationary, right? That's the, that's one it's of the very, biggest. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's very deflationary, and also unlike gold, you actually know the exact amount there that is ever going to be around you can't have the concept of inflation or uh not knowing that not knowing factor Mm -hmm. because uh gold has had some significant periods of inflation because you don't know how much gold is in the ground you just don't and for like what was it from the 1500s until about maybe 1750 there was a huge period of inflation because the spaniards the portuguese and the british were just mining the hell out of South America and the Americans mm-hmm. and it caused a significant inflation in the, European, in the European market and eventually around the world because now there's a new amount of gold a new amount of silver that was just being dumped on the market and it mm-hmm. changed everything
3: but that's why and central banks just... are so powerful these days because they take mm-hmm. that narrative out and they eliminate it they say hey you know that uh, you know, non-predictable inflation that happens mm-hmm. not anymore baby we're we're coming off a of gold, they, and they try are, to make it predictable yeah we are the the, the narrative we're the damn gold but, line now and well
0: they try to make it predictable but at the same time you don't know when a war might potentially pop up most of the time or what a new particular technology might just shift everything i think yeah. we're still feeling the effects of the banks and most, most major industries, not really understanding the internet, and you see that with the attacks on Facebook and Twitter, and the ISPs and copyright and all that that we're going through right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, this this step, this spun up into a great conversation for me calling the bottom.
0: I like that. <laughs> I think Excellent. we have one more dip before we get to the bottom, personally. Oh,
3: shit. I like an opposing view. One more dip to... Well,
0: because I don't think people are going to get their tax returns in time. Oh, that's So some people are going to... Some people you know, are very dependent upon it. Because you have to think of the demographic that uh, invested into Bitcoin early. Most of them are still very young. They're below 35. So unless they are you know, really set into their careers have their homes and their cars and stuff like that. They're still paying student loans. They might be still paying mortgages, things of that nature. And they're kind of dependent, depending on how they did their taxes on that return. They might have to sell some of their investment real quick before before they buy back in again.
4: Now that's interesting because the refunds are also smaller. Not only are they later, going to come later this year, but in many cases they're Uh smaller. So you might be onto something. Uh, You might be onto something there.
0: Plus you're gonna have people that are gonna panic just a little bit because depending on when they bought in the the other bull run to for capital gains for holding a year, they might be start selling in February, March, April just to try to get something back in return. We saw that toward the end of this year. Here's yeah, what's crazy about 20 self-fulfilling
4: 20. prophecies though. Because you articulated that so well, it actually might drive the price of Bitcoin down and because of that, D might be wrong because we've discussed how he might be wrong. He's now wrong.
3: I'm willing to be wrong. <laughs> Trust me.
0: Kyle. I personally think that the price is still just a tad bit high if you really want to get everybody on board. I think it's it needs to stay around three. Okay. When you start getting... When you start getting crafts up to five, you, you're you you're cutting a lot of people out.
4: Oh, you want it to stay think, around three. You don't want it to dip think, below three. You want it to stay there. That's a totally different thing. Never mind. I don't agree with well, you at all. You're, I, I off. you're cut off. <laughs> I
0: think it will eventually go below three, but I think a, a really good price for the Bitcoin for at least the next two years would be three. To get past the hazarding, to get past any additional changes that might happen, three would be a good idea. Because it's enough of a value, but it's not so high where people are going to freak out like they did with 10 and 20.
3: Our very own Jesse the Man Broke is posting trading uh links in the chat to this call uh, with no context. He's just posting <laughs> And so we're gonna, oh, that's what you post, okay, so when we were so when Jesse and I were um doing Adjust the headers, the one that we just released, uh we noticed that there there was an article about the correlation between crude oil and the Bitcoin price that's developing, and then Jesse was like, "Yeah, it kind of makes sense because mining costs energy, and oil is energy juice he did He said it a lot more articulately than I just did, but um." And I think, I don't know if anybody has stepped up to the challenge yet, but we're trying to find if there's any correlation between crude oil, the price of Bitcoin, and the size of the memory pool. Isn't that right, Jesse? Are you in here, or are you just, like, unmute? Jesse?
2: Yep, that's what we're looking for. All right. Strange behavior from a podcast host.
3: His mic's not working, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But nevertheless, yeah. If, if anybody listening right now wants to chart those three things and see if any sort of pattern or correlations are developing, we'll we're gonna we're gonna tip you.
1: <laughs> we're,
3: gonna, <laughs> we're gonna tip you on Twitter. Make sure you have a tip in me account. All right, we're gonna send you a tip. Um, I don't know, Cello. Do we have anything else you want to dive You into? have one more. You had one
4: more talking point about burners.
3: Uh, burner wallet. So, I just looked it up, like, really quickly, and apparently, like, Ether, the Ethercamp has built this app that's, like, it's a burner wallet, like, literally, like a, like a burner phone, but like a burner wallet, I guess you can put little bits of crypto on it and give it to somebody, it works really great at conferences when you really can't trust people that you just met, so you use a burner wallet, Has has anybody in this call used that?
0: No, but how's the difference is it generating a random wallet?
4: I don't, I don't know. know. That's, what, that's, I that's
2: what I was thinking too. So,
4: so I, you know, a couple things. First off, I, I thought we were going to be talking about the burner wallet functionality on hardware wallets, like uh, like Tre- like like Trezor or uh, Ledger, where you could have a fake wallet in case somebody has no, a gun to your head, right? That's really cool, but not that.
0: That so, is really so, cool, and I'm glad Ledger has done that, but. What is really what this new burner wallet is? I so, I I've read the articles, but I don't understand.
4: Yeah, so so I you know one of the use cases for the the Ethereum notion of the burner wallet might be if you wanted to give somebody some Ethereum but you didn't necessarily want it linked to you, right? That's, that's sort of the, the, the path because of the blockchain as being immutable, right? You don't necessarily want it linked to your main wallet. And, you know, we've talked in the past on past episodes about dusting attacks and about how to protect your privacy uh, on the blockchain. So that that was kind of my assumption when I saw the Denver posts around, you know, this this use case was, was it, it was really about being able to just give a random stranger something and then not being able to track it back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay.
3: I think the I think people were just really raving about the fact one it's built on die, um and two it's like it costs pennies, pennies, fractions of pennies for transactions, and it also is complete. It's like a very fast, very free transaction, and And no seed
4: phrase and no 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 complicated. It
3: works in your browser. You don't have to download an app. You just go to burner wallet. Boom. It works in browser, so I think that's what everyone was raving about. But even that, in and of itself, is not all the way new for the Ether Camp, because there used to be <laughs> a browser uh, Ether wallet, a browser-based Ether wallet. In fact, it was it turned into uh, oh my god, Jack's Jack's wallet. Before Jacks had a wallet, they had this web-based Ether wallet that I used, and it was great. I think it was called my my. I think it was called the wallet dot com. Not my Ethereum, but the Ethereum wallet. So I don't know, Ray. Everybody, it's starting to feel like Groundhog Years. The longer you're in this stuff, is like, oh, we've done that before. Oh, now it's purple.
4: Cool. Oh, well, we started off by yeah. talking about PayPal, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, don't know. I just want to talk, touch on something that's constantly talked about in this space, and I, I go back and forth whether. And that is something that A can be done or B should be done is the whole concept of complete privacy on the the blockchain. Because the whole concept initially of Bitcoin when it first was developed was you got to see everything. You can't really truly hide the value that's being transmitted. And I'm not sure if, blocking everything or making sure somebody doesn't know like how much Bitcoin you have Uh, one is something that can truly be achieved just simply because it wasn't built in 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 the first place and B is something that should be done because think of what the economic world would look like if everyone kind of knew like exactly how much money Nike had and not just estimating and what exactly they're building on, or spending on warehouses and yeah. people.
4: Well, and... Are you saying we don't know for public companies like Nike? We don't know what their cash reserves no, are. No, we
0: don't, because every time they lie and hide stuff, it yeah, comes out.
4: do that on the regs.
3: <laughs> Like they report what's there, but they'll they'll lie. They, I mean, that's just
0: they, they lie all the time. Look at the Justin and Donaldson bullshit. <laughs> I mean that company is gonna go bankrupt and it's been around a hundred years.
3: They lie and then they get a slap on the wrist for lying and they're like, oh, we caught you.
0: We you caught know, you. Know, you. A
3: fine and it's like, oh, cool. I'll pay that fine this Tuesday. No biggie. Like it's just
0: yeah, because there's no economic interest for them to tell the complete truth. Yeah. because um, that's not how, how the this, system is built.
3: In that, in a system where it's designed for people to be anonymous, the moment people start not caring about their anonymity and start putting their, tying their identity to things, is when the conversation changes, and when things kind of go different. Like, I grew up in a time where when you're on the internet, your name is Neon Unicorn, and that is it. That is it. If you join a chat room, then it better be one you trust, you give them your age, sex, location, and that's, that's about it. Everything was about and an enemy. But now, ever since Facebook, it's like, no, not only am I going to put this information on the internet, I'm putting my identity with it as well. And I think crypto is going to go that way, too. Uh, crypto Start is like, just be anonymous. Nobody needs to know your address. You, the only person that needs to know your public address is the person that you're sending money to or receiving money from. That's it. No one else But needs that's to
0: know. not really true because people publish their public addresses all the time. It wasn't until maybe I would say after the of that people are saying, Oh, don't publish your public address because that's when Bitcoin started having value.
3: Yeah. And people were and starting to say when the conversation and people started
0: getting robbed and the whole Silk Road stuff, like you probably don't want your public address being attached. And really it started with the twenty thirteen regulations when uh coin Coinbase and all those places had to start being KYC and AMLA.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh And a lot of places shut down. That's when people said, don't publish your public address. You don't want your identity tied. You don't want to get you... The whole point of this place was not to give away information. It wasn't really necessary not publishing your public address. It was just not conveying your complete, true identity.
3: Yeah. And I think that's kind of where the conversation has changed. Now, it's easy, though. If you post a public address, then then that automatically gets tumbled. Then you know there's still no way to get back to you but i don't know so your so your thing is like are you upset that crypto is supposed to be 100% transparent and that's not necessarily a great idea
1: or
0: oh i want it to be 100% transparent i want to see the value that's being transferred i just I'm not sure, and I do understand, do so people have the right to be private? If they want to be private, that's fine. I just, I think there's something lost in the thought when you don't know, for example, like, like Bitmain. Bitmain, everyone has seen the shit show that's Bitmain, right? All the, the amount of Bitcoin they've lost, the amount of all the different, different cryptocurrencies. That would have been apparent in any other type of system. Where you know whether or not that is a good company to invest your value your your you know your value is, mm-hmm. and I think we are really starting especially with the that um Canadian company that has collapsed. people are really looking at exchanges and seeing do they actually have cold wallets, do they actually have the amount of cryptocurrency they say they have, or are they fractionally reserving, which is something that people have um said that Coinbase is doing and has been doing for years. Something, I think though, it's
3: important. To me, it's weird is that we've had two different um, two different blockchain developers, like high-tier blockchain devs on our show, and Emin Gunsarir mm-hmm. and Dan Bonet, that said that they both have created proof-of-solvency algorithms for cryptocurrency, but no exchange wants to use it. That is what's weird to me, is that they
0: the they're practically reserving.
3: Yeah, like that that is that to me is the red flag of like okay like there's there's algor- like there's algorithms that exist you could program a proof of solvency into your exchange so people knew if you were solvent or not or insolvent or not but you're just choosing not to.
4: Yeah, I don't think that not accepting proofs of solvency is is evidence of of Coinbase doing fractional. I, as a matter of fact, I don't I don't even think they're really related. That'd be like if somebody showed up at my restaurant and said I've got a I've got my own health inspection form. Can I can I run my health inspection in your kitchen? And I'd be like, No, you're not an authority. You can't do that at all. And Coinbase is probably one of the heaviest regulated uh, crypto exchanges in the world because where they're located. So I tend to I tend to be a little bit more skeptical that they're up to the same shenanigans that a lot of people say that they're up to but I would I would absolutely not put it past some of the offshore unregulated un GDPR ones.
0: But Ray, it's not against regulation for Coinbase to be a fractional reserve place.
4: So they can actually <laughs> they can actually use they could actually do multiplier funds, basically leverage out their own customers and, and wash trading and all of those types of things that sometimes they're accused of doing, and it would be legal. Is that what you're saying? That's
0: what, they, that's what banks have been doing to some extent. Now, the wash trading might be illegal, but the fractional reserve aspect of it, I don't think it will come down to being illegal with the different types of licenses they have applied for and gotten.
4: You know, you have a good point. I'm I not that familiar with the rules around uh, uh, what is it, the Bit license, the New York one that they're actually but under? I, as I well. also
0: think they also actually have a banking license.
4: Yeah, they have FDIC insurance for the fiat yes. holdings only, too. And I think the FDIC yes. is extremely specific about how much you're allowed to hold on a cash basis for fractional because that's the entire reason that the system doesn't collapse. But I think it may be a little different mm-hmm. with Bitcoin. You, you, you probably have a pretty good point there.
0: Yeah, as long as they have the the cash reserves, they're fine. They don't have to have the exact amount cuz it currently as it stands for Bitcoin because there is no regulation on that. I will tell the you thing, regulation-
4: when, we, when we did that publicity stunt yeah. a couple months ago where everybody was supposed to withdraw their private keys from exchanges, mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of anticipated that there would be some exchanges that that didn't come out too well from that, but it, it we never really heard There's of any that.
0: Oh there, there were was. I think there was like Binfinex. There was a few that was not allowing people to withdraw. And oh, the thing really? that like yeah, Bifinex and there was a couple other, there was like significant like delays. And there are still delays where people try to withdraw uh on that day or around that time. But it was very difficult for them to do so. Um I think with Coinbase, the big thing with them is a lot of people open the wallet. It did provide their ID, like my Sure, myself. sure. <laughs> and that was before they had to. And it's just been sitting there. And if you want to withdraw now, you have to try- provide with your ID. And so they're hesitant because the value and people are still thinking in dollars is not high enough for them to want to withdraw. Because I bet most of them are what people consider dust. It's like maybe fifty, a hundred, you know, two hundred bucks or whatever. So they say, like, I'll just let it sit there. It's not going to go anywhere. And so I don't think Coinbase has been hit by that, but they still have that dust, that Bitcoin. They probably batched and consolidated and have been um, fractionally reserving all this time.
1: Hmm.
3: Uh, I don't want to... We could speculate, but there's no... I think Coinbase does things really well. And... I think there there's no way in the world anyone can prove that fractional reserve unless they all started doing proof of solvency, which they won't, so I don't know, but I do know that we need to wrap up unless anybody has anything else, but we are running low, it's been about 70 minutes a good long meaty show um, does any, anybody have anything they want to plug before we wrap this?
4: We haven't plugged your book.
3: That's right. We're going to get to that. Well, we've got a book. It's called In Ten Words or Less, Can You Describe Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Blockchain? Uh, we have a trademark question when we interview guests on our show, and that is, can you describe one of those three things in ten words or less? It's important to be able to take complex constructs and explain them simply. If you can't do that, then you have more learning to do, in my opinion. Um, so all, how many interviews are in there, cello? Two hundred or so?
2: Mm, Yeah, there's a lot.
3: Um, of of about two hundred people that we've interviewed, we asked them that question. You get to see their responses. There's a link to the book on the website, thebitcoinpodcast.com. It's a coffee table special, baby. Get that bad boy, throw it on your coffee table. The next time you have a Super Bowl, then oh, the draft, the NFL draft's coming up. You're going to have a draft party. Your friend's coming over. They're like, Hey, man, what's up? I heard about that crazy Bitcoin thing. You got a book right there. What's the book about? And you're like, oh man, it's crazy. This show I listen to. is great. I love it. It's, uh, Chilo, your daughter is very creepily like looking around the corner <laughs> and over your shoulder.
1: Yeah, I know.
3: <laughs> But anyways, uh, go get the book, the Bitcoin com. Uh, you'll see a big old book. Click on it and then, and then click the other clicks and buy it. Um, we have other shows. Of course, you probably just listened to Just the Headers. Jesse the Man Broke is actually on this call, but he refuses to speak up. He's being a man, international man of mystery. Hey, did
2: you just call him Jesse the Man Broke? Yeah, that's his name. Jesse the Man Broke? Is he a wrestler from the 80s? Dude,
3: don't. I'd be careful. He's on the call, and he hears you.
2: Jesse, I would like to. No, I just feel like I'm not listening to Just the Headers much, and I feel like that was an inside joke that developed into a name now.
3: Uh, it's been his name since the jump Jesse the man broke, that's his thing I like it Um, Yeah, there's just the headers Which is the crypto headlines Long blockchain podcast with Amy It'd probably been great to have her here To talk about some of the things we were discussing uh, Just a me- minute ago uh, The Crypto Bully has the Bullpin podcast uh, Very popular podcast on the network And people are loving his journey And loving the yeah. journey he goes through Hey,
2: um, shout out to the Lamont Landers band for doing our uh, intro and outro.
3: If you heard our intro and outro have changed, they're a little bit more funky. We wanted to go funky in the 2019, so the Lamont Landers band hooked us up, and um, we hope that it sticks in your head.
2: They want showtime at the Apollo. They're legit.
3: Welcome to the Bitcoin podcast. I like it. It's like it sticks in your head. It's like a Stevie Wonder tune. Um. We got lots of shows. We do lots of things. Um, go, you'll find it all at the dot Um, you think Corey's, you
2: know, Corey's listening right now? Think Corey is call.
3: drunk. He's in Carnival. He is. He is. He is lit right now. <laughs> he's, he's having a good time.
4: So, so when you say is, Corey is drunk right now, are you talking about while we're recording this or while it's being played on his? IPhone. Both. Probably both. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> both. He's, he's in carnival, enjoying his
3: life. So I wouldn't expect. If he wasn't drunk at carnival, I would question why he even went. So why would you go to the greatest party on the planet to just be a wallflower?
2: Ex- experience it sober. You can have fun sober. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's wrap. That's where
3: we need to end the show right there. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> All right, guys, thank you for listening. Please join the Slack. Uh, I forgot to promote that, but that's one thing we're trying to do. We're trying to grow the Slack to 1,200 members, and we're halfway there. So if you heard this and uh, you're driving, pull over. Go to the BitcoinPodcast.com on your phone and go to the Slack button and join the Slack. If you heard this while you're working out, pull the emergency key. Stop the machine. Go join the Slack right now. Alright, if you're listening to this in the drive-thru, don't take that food until you've joined the Slack. The lady's reaching through, she's right now. Did you get the cheeseburger? Get the cheeseburger? Get the onion rings? No, don't take that bag until you join the Slack. Alright, guys. Um, Shout out to uh, Carl Lewis, Zoe Saldana, and Zazzy Beats. Uh, Play the outro.